0: Hello there, Michael Rokas here, just hopping in quickly to let you know that this episode was a blast to record with our friend, Emily Sedlak. A lot like Rushmore Part 1, we've also posted this episode up on our YouTube channel with some really cool animations as well, and we hope you'll go check that out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and enjoy.
1: And I'd also like to bring up that Lanny ran 110.47 and 228 without super shoes. So, I mean, that's also worth mentioning as well.
0: Coming at you from the Terminal Mile World Headquarters, located in Westdale, Ontario. Uh, This is Michael Rokas, uh, back with you for another episode of the Terminal Mile Animated Edition. And of course, I am joined uh, by my co-host, all the way in Dundas, Ontario, Paul Rokas. And we are joined by a special guest this week. Uh, She is one of the fastest Canadian women marathoners of all time, 10th to be exact, running 229.48 for second at the last Canadian Championships. She's also represented Canada at the NACAC Games, the IAAF World Half Marathon Champs, as well as the Mountain Running Championships. She is Emily Setlack. Uh, Hello to both of you. How how are you both doing today?
1: Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, doing, uh, doing well as always from Dundas.
0: For those of us who, uh, or for those of you who uh, have been following along, then you will know that uh, up on the YouTube page right now, uh, there is part one of this chat uh, where we talk, talk with Reed Coolset about the Mount Rushmore of Canadian marathoners. So on the last episode, we discussed the two men entries uh, of, of the Mount Rushmore, uh, which leaves two spots open for the ladies and we thought it'd be great to have an old friend in emily setlack back on the show so emily this this first question is for you uh do you think we we, do you think we got it right by picking uh, eric gillison and jerome drayton for the first two spots
1: oh i think you aced it a couple of legends and pioneers of distance running with jerome drayton it's 210 and Eric Gillis with a 10th place at the Olympics, most definitely.
0: <laughs> so for those who aren't familiar uh, with the episode, uh, we will definitely wait here for you while you while you check out that other YouTube video. But in case you're a little bit pressed for time, then we'll quickly go over the rules. So of course, down in the United States, in South Dakota, there is a mountain where there are four presidents immortalized carved in stone onto the side of it, and people will see that forever. So if we were to apply that to the Canadian marathoners, who deserves to be immortalized? That is the question that we will be looking to answer and is the question that we've uh, we've partly answered so far, and today we'll be filling the women's spots on that mountain. So how will we be doing it? Well, here are the rules for you. There has been a pool of six marathoners that were decided beforehand in a draft style with each host taking two marathoners that they'll advocate for. Each marathoner will be represented by an uninterrupted two minute argument with discussion and rebuttals to follow with the group. And finally, at the end of the show, each host will put forward their two selections for the marathoning Rushmore based on the arguments that they've heard and the two marathoners with the most amount of votes will get rush moored. If there's a tie, we will pitch it to you, the listeners. So best of luck to my opponents. Before we get started though, uh, we, last time we we really went through um, the criteria that we are looking for what makes someone worthy of being on Rushmore? So myself, I picked the, uh, the Crosby Henderson factor, which was, you know, a big moment on the international stage. I believe Paul called his, the steady Freddie factor, which was just uh, a <laughs> consistency. And, uh, Emily, what, what are you really looking for when you choose your Rushmore athletes?
1: I'm going with a more response to Reed, uh going with time, but also taking into account technology, um, for example, shoes that are av- available at that time, because a 230 in 1984 is very different from a 230 today.
0: <laughs> oh, that is a, that is a fantastic, uh, fantastic point, and, uh, and definitely a can of worms that I, I can't wait to open. Uh, so without further ado, uh, the first overall pick was given to you, Emily. So I am just going to open up the clock application here on my phone. And when you are ready, then you have two minutes on the clock.
1: Whew, okay, here we go. (laughs) The pioneer of Canadian women's marathoning, I picked Sylvia Ruger, Um, an absolute legend. What Sylvia did was really phenomenal in 1984 she was one of 50 women that lined up and helped pave the way for the future of women's distance running so at the los angeles olympics that was the first olympic um, games where they had a women's marathon and sylvia not only broke the canadian record running 22909 she finished eight and the barriers that she would have faced at that time as a, as a woman in the sport. I just think it's incredible what she did. She then went on in 1985, a year later, ran the Houston Marathon. And uh, there must be something special in Houston, as that's where Melinda has her record as well. Um, she ran 228 36, and she held that record for 28 years. Um, What's also really unique about Sylvia is she really had a Sylvia sorry had really had a passion to make a difference in the sport and in the community across Ontario. She developed um, running and reading programs uh, and, and did a lot to help help communities and create change. So tremendous amount of respect for Sylvia in terms of what she did through sport and within the community.
0: Okay. Wow. Coming in uh, just under a minute thirty with your arguments, but a uh, (laughs) a a very compelling argument. Uh, You were actually talking a little bit beforehand uh, about your involvement with uh, with Sylvia. Perhaps perhaps you could go a little more in depth on that.
1: Yeah. So Sylvia uh, started a running and reading program, and I think the idea of it is to just help. improve children's reading and um, keep them active as well. So at a a school in Kingston, I had the opportunity to listen to Sylvia, do a speech, to meet her, and the kids and myself were all just amazed by her. She was such a good leader, and um, yeah. The program is actually called Start to Finish, and it connects uh, at-risk youth with the reading and running program.
0: Oh that that's that's just fantastic. Uh looking downhill at you the in the Dundas Valley, what what do you think? Do you think Sylvia is uh is worthy of being Rushmored Paul?
2: Oh, I think so, uh for sure. I think Sylvia, you know, that two twenty eight thirty six um in nineteen eighty five, that's uh that's a really quick time for then. Um I mean, and that's a Canadian record that stood for Quite a while. It stood to, stood to test of time in a way, uh, as it was until twenty twenty thirteen is when Lani broke, uh, her old record. But I mean, even now, two twenty eight thirty six. If you look at our current group of Canadian women, that would be very competitive amongst Mm -hmm. them right now. Um, Definitely, and to run that in nineteen eighty five as
0: well yeah emily you mentioned right off the top that uh you were going to mention something uh, about shoe technology uh perhaps that that's going to come a little bit later but how much do you think that that plays into uh your choice for for sylvia for your uh, for your first selection here
1: um definitely like i i don't know what a 228 would would be the equivalent to today but to do that when she did not have the same shoes that we have today i mean that would have to be worth what like 225 or at least i don't know <laughs> or or better
0: oh for sure you know a lot of it's is is speculation at, at this point but uh, i think there there's a fair case that could be made uh there so uh that was our, our first argument on the board it was uh it was a really strong one uh we're going to move forward with the uh, with the second pick in the, in the draft board, uh, we are looking at you, Paul. The clock has been reset, and we are going to press start right now.
2: Okay, well, I am uh, going for a similar era, a little bit before Sylvia. I'm going with uh, Jacqueline Garreau. Uh, currently the eighth fastest Canadian all time, but she is perhaps best known for being the only Canadian to ever win the boston marathon uh and she achieved that in 1980 um boston seemed to be uh the race for her uh definitely uh, some of the highlights of her careers um just listing off some of her placings at boston uh the first in 1980 as i mentioned and then she also had a fifth place in there in 1981 and then 1982, there's a second and another second in 1983. Uh, so, you know, she uh, she definitely, uh, Boston uh, treated her well. She ran Boston well. Uh, another career highlight in there, uh, fifth at the World Championship Marathon in 1983 in Helsinki. Um, another big point in her career is she's the first Canadian woman under 230, uh, her PB, 229-27, um, she set that in Boston, unsurprisingly, Um, and she set that in 1983. Um, And she also competed in the uh, 1984 Olympic Games as well. Um, And other notable performances, uh, in uh, 1980 in the Tokyo Marathon, she finished second. Um, very she ran in marathons all throughout uh, the 80s and okay, had a very solid seconds. career, lots of top, top 10 finishes, and uh, overall, enough I'd say one of uh, a Canadian on Mount Rushmore.
0: Okay, so a whole lot of stats there, and uh, and perhaps I'll, I'll keep with you here, Paul. Why do you think that uh, you know, S- Sylvia is, is someone who is definitely respected, uh, remembered. All that good stuff. What What do you think, Jacqueline? Um, you know, perhaps isn't quite as as remembered. Like she, I I wouldn't say that she has the same notoriety of of other marathoners of that time, uh, especially on the men's side.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, well, for one thing, uh, she her Canadian record uh, did not last a uh, super long time. It's uh, it would have only been, I believe, it was 1983 that she ran under 230. And then, uh, Sylvia would have run, uh, her Canadian record. Um, that would have 80. been 85.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, may, maybe that might be it, that her record wasn't around for very long. I think, you know, she's definitely the Boston Marathon. Um, Winning that definitely has made her a well-known name, but um, I, I think it's definitely the record, the long-standing record that that's the difference.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll look to you on this one, uh, one Emily. How familiar were you with uh, with Jacqueline Gouraud's, uh, you know, resume? A very impressive resume.
1: To be honest, I, I I wasn't that familiar with it, and and as I spent some time looking online and learning about all of her accomplishments. I was sort of blown away by everything she had accomplished.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I find myself uh, really in, in the same boat. So I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned her uh, just because of some of the, the fantastic feats that, that she was really able to pull off. I mean, first uh, first sub-230, that uh, that's definitely a big accomplishment for sure.
1: Yeah. And she was also part of the... Um, uh olympic games in, in in la where she was on the line with uh, sylvia the first um marathon in the olympic games so that's quite quite an accomplishment as well
0: <laughs> all right so after that we we have to wonder could could the two remaining rushmore spots go to women from the 80s wow wow imagine <laughs> that that would be a real upset uh <laughs> With that, I think I will roll out uh, the third pick, which was selected by me. Uh, I have uh, two minutes on the clock starting. Hold on. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no rigging of the timekeeper here. Um, <laughs> okay, two minutes on the clock starting now. Okay, so first things first. The person that I am representing is Canadian record holder, Melindy Elmore. And, uh, you know, there's a lot that could be said about her, but I will start with this, 224.50. She's the fastest Canadian marathoner um, ever, and she's almost a minute faster than the second fastest time. Impressive, even when you notice that the the second fastest Canadian marathoner of all time, even though it's not on the Athletics Canada ranking uh, yet, is Natasha Wodak. She is the national 10,000 meter and half marathon, or she was the half marathon record holder as well. Uh, So we're not talking just anyone in second place. But that whole minute and a half faster, that is definitely uh, something worth. Uh, noting. The only thing that that really is drawing uh, Elmore back is that she hasn't really had her Crosby moment. Um, But, you know, I almost see this as a positive. Uh, She was a 2004 Olympian uh, as a 1500 meter runner. So, you know, she is a gamer. She has that that sort of strategy and she looks to be a lock for the Tokyo 2021 uh, Olympic team. So, you know, making bets, I would bet that she could do something really special there. Perhaps you won't pick her today, but maybe two years from now, Melinda Elmore totally has a spot for that. You know, as I mentioned, only two marks, uh, but her two marks are 224.50 and 232.14. She has a solid Marathon resume. Uh, one last point that I will bring forward is that um, you know people often look at those two marathon times. She's actually run two other marathons as well too. They just came after really long swims and bikes. <laughs> um, worth noting, she ran uh, she in her first Ironman she ran uh, three hours flat plus fifty two seconds, and in her second Ironman she ran a two fifty nine ten. For my Iron man uh specialists out there they know how special a sub three marathon is for anyone who participates in that and that brings the end to my time there um i know that uh that uh that you certainly know um melindy and i know that uh that she was definitely in contention for that first spot so we'll start with you uh emily what do you think do you think melindy deserves a spot up on mountain rushmore
1: Oh, most definitely! Like she's she's such an incredible athlete, and and I think um, as you said, she's got such a wealth of racing experience. She's been to the Athens Olympic Games, and she's got such a good range of ability from eight hundred to the marathon. And I think once she gets an opportunity, she's kind of done. In Houston, I think it was sort of like a, a time trial race for her. And when she gets into a championship race like the Olympics, I think I agree with you. I think something really special will happen. And yeah, I think she can she'll surpass anything she's done. The the, the best is yet to come for Melinda.
0: <laughs> All right, uh over to you over to you Dundas. What what do you think about Melinda Elmore? Do you think she deserves uh that that spot? I noticed you didn't pick her second. So what what hesitations do you have about uh Melinda Elmore?
2: Well, I think the uh the big thing I look for is uh, consistency and I, I feel like it's hard to gauge that off of two marathons uh, to be fair though uh, the two marathons she has run have been uh, really good like she hasn't had a bad marathon with the two that she's run at Houston um, you do mention the ones past the uh, at the end of uh, Ironman uh, as well but um, not really a huge Iron Man fan. I'm I'm a Lionel Sanders fan, so uh, you know, do watch it a couple Iron Mans every once in a while. Uh, and sub sub three hours is pretty impressive. Uh, I'm impressed with that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the best is still to come. Like Emily said, um, I I think I would want to see a few more marathons and even, you know, even a, a Olympics. Uh, seeing her compete in the Olympics would definitely, uh, be something I'd want to see your world championships.
0: Oh, no, and doubt. They just
2: haven't happened yet.
0: No doubt. Um, you, you know, I, I think we're, I think people are, are divided into two camps. I, I mean, talking to Natasha Wodak last week, she said she, she wasn't really surprised to, to see, uh, that big of a result from her in Houston last year. Uh, as someone who is familiar with with how she was training, uh, Emily, I know you have your your ear to the ground as as far as as that goes, especially with your position in the uh, Canadian marathoning scene right now. Were you surprised to see that two twenty four fifty from from Melindy last year?
1: Most definitely not. <laughs> I had an opportunity to do a, a workout with with Melindy um, maybe a month before Houston, I think it was, and she just she showed up with so much focus and calmness and she just she had a laser-like focus and she nailed the workout she just she did it it was phenomenal so I knew she was going to do something really special after that I wasn't surprised at all (laughs) yet
0: all right so with that being said uh I think that I'll unroll my second pick uh right now and my second pick is uh is also a fairly contemporary pick as well too so I will start the clock right now okay so for the fourth pick for this show i am picking krista duchene now the case for krista takes a bunch of different fronts she's got the time she's got 200 230 uh once running the second fastest canadian uh time at the time Uh, with a 228.32. She's got the big results. Of course, she was third at the 2018 Boston Marathon, showing incredible fortitude in absolutely bizarre conditions. Uh, It's just even nuts to think about. She's also got the international experience, representing Canada at the 2016 Olympics, placing 35th. But most of all, To me, Krista represents our aspirational selves. When she started marathoning in 2002, it wasn't as with some massive resume and track and field chops. She was one of us running a 32808, and she just kept on showing up and showing up, and she established herself as one of the best in Canadian history, taking an hour off that time in the process, all while being a killer mom, and a dietitian to boot. No doubt when Lanny is brought up uh, in just a few minutes, it'll be rightfully mentioned that she changed the culture of run of marathoning in Canada. All I'll say is that is true, but do not forget that Krista was right there the entire time and really served as an inspiration for runners across the nation all the same. So that is my case for Krista Duchesne there. Uh, we'll, we'll go first to you, uh, Emily. Um, you know, I talk about uh, a real culture change with that big race in 2013, Lanny getting the, uh, the Canadian marathoning record at the time, of course, but, uh, but Krista was there, uh, as well too, not, not too, too far behind. Uh, what, what is Krista meant, uh, to you as, as a, uh, as a marathoner?
1: I guess like both both Krista and Lanny like they've really they they've started a legacy of doing things that that haven't been done before and they really helped. I think they really helped change our perception of what we all feel is possible and um, yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting how they've paved the way if you think no one, we hadn't sent a woman to the Olympics in 20 years before Krista and Lanny went. 20 years is a really long time, and I can't even begin to imagine the self belief and um, mental strength and talent and hard work it must have taken to, to kind of surpass a 28 year old barrier.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, Paul. I know that that uh, that Krista was uh, someone that that you had your eye on as well too uh, when we were drafting this. Uh, and I kind of, uh, kind of took that away. Uh, what, what did you see in Chris? So what, uh, what makes her such an exciting writer, runner to you?
2: Oh, uh, I think, um, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that, uh, she, she really re- relates well with, um, with, with every, you know, roadrunner marathoner in Canada. Um, you know, just, just her background, uh, And running, I believe she didn't, uh, she went to the University of uh, Guelph, but she didn't run for them. I believe she played hockey for them,
0: That's uh, if
2: I remember. Um, And, I mean, her running career started after that. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, if you look at her performances over the last uh, several years, they just kind of built on each other. Um, Most recently with the, the third at Boston, um, yeah, I, so I, I'm always, when Krista goes out to race, I'm always cheering for her. Cause, uh, it feels like, you know, we're cheering for, uh, just, uh, just another one of us.
0: Ah, well said, well said. All right. So with, uh, with that being said, uh, I will turn it over to you, Paul, you've, uh, you've got the, the fifth pick here. And uh, I think we've uh, we've greatly we've greatly hinted at who that could be. But uh, I have my clock open, and I will start the timer right now.
2: So I uh, picked Lenny Marchant for the uh, fifth or er, fifth pick overall, um, as you probably could have guessed. Uh, she is currently the fourth fastest Canadian uh, woman's marathoner um with uh, a 228 flat uh and she ran that in October 2013 and at the time it was uh, at a Toronto Waterfront Marathon and at the time it was a uh a Canadian record uh Krista Duchen was also in that race as well um and uh yeah i mean she's a a really exceptional uh marathon runner um redefining uh what Canadian marathoning was at the time um you know looking at her results uh she has lots of good results fourth at Commonwealth Games uh she ran 228 twice 228 low twice uh both in Toronto she appeared uh at the Olympic Games in Rio finished 24th but I think that stood out to me it was she's a fairly consistent marathon runner you know she's always running between 233 to 228 that seemed to be kind of uh, the range Um, you know always seemed to have solid results and uh, overall i think really redefined what canadian men or canadian women's marathoning uh could do uh in that in the 2010s um
0: all right, uh, so at around one minute and forty seconds, that was the case for for Lanny Marchand. Um, a real a real hometown uh, a real hometown hero for sure. Uh, not our hometown, but very close to our hometown. Uh, however, uh, there was a few points that, that maybe you could have thrown in there as well too. Uh, of course, she got seventh at at the New York Marathon uh, in 2016, did she not?
2: Oh yes. I I had that written down. I forgot to mention that. Yes, Uh, seventh at the twenty sixteen New York Marathon.
0: I I think what's what's always amazed me at uh, about Lanny is uh, is just how how uh, vocal her advocacy is uh, for for the sport and for women in sport. Um, That to me has has really been been you know top tier top notch there uh she has really fought for for a lot of what she has uh and that move of running the ten thousand and the marathon was uh was was pretty neat to see uh in in rio uh going over to you emily what what has lanny meant to meant, meant for you as as a runner
1: i think um similar to to what i said about krista you know developing a, a legacy of, of breaking through barriers of you know a, a record that had been there for almost three decades and for her and Krista to go and break that and I'd also like to bring up that Lanny ran 11047 and 228 without super shoes. So I mean that's also worth mentioning as well. Um, yeah, but both both incredible athletes and yeah
2: is that a shoe take I heard?
0: oh no guys we we are reportedly (laughs) we are anti-shoe take here we are anti-shoe take but i i feel like uh, i feel like that that's definitely fair in in today's uh environment uh yeah no just an incredibly impressive uh athlete and i i think that there is a good case that, that could be made for lanny so with all that being said that opens us up for the sixth and final pick and that uh that belongs to you emily so i have the stopwatch open on my app and whenever you are ready to go i'll press start
1: okay this is a tough one because there's so many women that are running well right now but i decided to go with um rachel cliff she's a phenomenal road racer she's only run two marathons and of the two marathons she's run In Berlin, she finished 11th, and she ran the fastest debut by a Canadian woman ever, running 2:28.53, just less than a minute off of Lanny Marchant's record. Eight months later, she came back and did Nagoya Marathon in 2019, and broke Lanny's record by two minutes, running 2:26.56. And I think um, something really unique about Rachel is, is she's incredibly resilient. So she was left off the 2016 Rio Olympic team. She should have been on that team. AC did not take her, but I think it showed a tremendous amount of resilience and grit to bounce back after that heartache. And I think that um, she'll be able, when she when she does her next marathon, she'll be able to pull off of all her um, experience at running world championships. She finished ninth at the World University Games, ninth at Commonwealth Games. And once she can pull on that experience and get into a, a, a fast marathon, I think she'll be a really amazing championship racer.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. and, uh, and that, that's just a, a really good point there. Um, I also agree with your, your take on on Rachel being left off that, off that team as well too. I think that uh, just the resilience she that, that she's he's, she's shown has, has been uh, fantastic and uh, and has really been inspirational to to everyone. Uh Paul what, what what do you think about Rachel Cliff? Do you think that she deserves a spot up on uh it, do you think there's a case that could be made for Rachel Cliff to be on Mount Rushmore?
2: I think uh sim- similar to uh you know uh Melinda, I think you know it's tough it's tough with two uh marathons, but that being said, Rachel's Two marathons have been really, uh, really good. Uh, the you know in Berlin, um, I I remember when she she ran that in uh, her debut in Berlin, and I, I don't know if it was surprising. I, I don't think it was surprising at all, actually. But you know that was just uh, she ran that time, and it's like wow, she's she's going to be a really good marathoner. Like uh, running a debut. 228 um is like lots of good things to come and uh i mean she she then backs that up with her second uh, second marathon the the 226.56, um and uh i mean i i definitely think there's there's lots of good good things to come in the future uh maybe maybe if we have this show uh two years down the road uh, we we talked last week about Cam Levins. I think uh, Rachel Cliff would be in the same conversation two years down the road.
0: Oh no doubt, no doubt. Before we close up this uh, this episode, uh, you know, you you mentioned that there are so so many people uh, that that could be mentioned as well. I d- I don't want to put anyone on on the spot here, uh, but you know, I'll I'll start uh you know with with someone who definitely could have been in this show as well too, and that was Lindsay Tessier. With her her ninth placing uh, at the at the last World Championships uh, in Doha, uh, she's she's got the Canadian Masters record as well too, and uh, she she's just a phenomenal phenomenal athlete. And uh, the fact that she is a teacher while she while she does it is uh, is just fantastic as well too. Uh, so you know I'll, I'll go to you uh, next, Emily. Is, is there anyone that uh, that else you you think that that you'd like to mention?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely Lindsay for her top 10 finish in Doha and uh, Dana Pitoreski as well. I think both of those women are, uh, and Kinsey Middleton as well. They're every, uh, yeah, everyone. <laughs> I hope I haven't left, missed anyone there.
0: Paul, was there, was there anyone that uh, that you're thinking of?
2: Um, I think, the, uh, I think Natasha Woodack uh, deserves a mention with, uh, with that, with uh, the second fastest Canadian time that she ran uh, yeah. just recently at the marathon project that's uh that's that's a pretty pretty uh, neat thing I think that deserves a mention
1: for sure yeah
0: also deserving a mention is the fact that Natasha wodak was recently on the terminal mile which you can find on all major podcatchers as well as YouTube a uh, little bit of a shameless plug there had to get it in though uh for those I mean
2: this is this is the terminal mile <laughs> as well. So I think we can allow it.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look to the executive producer, see what he says uh, about it. However, uh, before we wrap up this show, there is the most important part. Uh, of course, there is two spots uh, that we were looking to decide based off of these six runners mentioned today. This is going to be no easy task. So I am going to turn it over uh, to you first, Paul, and then we'll go to Emily, and then we'll circle back around to me uh, to see if we have any sort of conclusive results as to who we think the two spots should belong to. So we'll uh, we'll start with you, Paul.
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, there's so many uh, women who, Canadian women marathoners who Deserve a spot up there, but I am going to have to go with the marathoners from the 80s. I'm going to have to go with uh, Sylvia and uh, Jacqueline.
0: Okay, so now we're going to look at, at you, Emily. Who who do you think deserves to be up there?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the pioneers of Canadian marathoning as well. Sylvia Ruger and Jacqueline Gardo. <laughs> girl.
0: All right, so with uh, with two votes each on the board, uh, that means that that they take it. Uh, I will say that uh, I was thinking Sylvia, and I was uh, you know I someone who I also thought deserved to be up there was was Christa Duchesne Deshane as well too. I th- I think, but the the whole real point of this is, is that you know. Every single runner who is mentioned today, whether it be an honorable mention or someone who had an argument made for them, it is just a fantastic runner. Honestly, I th- I think this was even more difficult for me uh, than, than last week's episode and picking those first two runners just because each each one of these ladies just brings uh, something incredible to the board. So, uh, you know, overall, I think uh, I think that the, the right choices were made today, though, uh, but man... This one was a super hard one. Uh, with that being said, big thanks to you, uh, Emily, for for being on the show today and for contributing. Be, before we let you go, we have to ask, what's uh, wh- what's happening with you? What's happening with your training? What uh, what do you have on the
1: horizon? Thanks, Michael. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of uh hoping that something will come up in the spring. So I'm just I'm just training right now in hopes that a marathon will come up and hopefully hopefully something will will happen. <laughs>
0: Well, um, I I I really hope so as well too. I I have my ear to the ground on on a few leads there, but uh, maybe we can talk about that a little bit off air. Uh, anyways, I'm I'm really hoping for the best for you, uh, especially after that last race. We we just know that there there's a whole lot more in there, and of course, uh, you know, big thanks to you for for being on the show today. That wraps up uh, our Rushmore episode. Let us know what you think though. Find us on Twitter at The Terminal Mile. We're also on Instagram at The Terminal Mile. We have a bunch of other really cool stuff uh, happening there as well, too. Uh, So, yeah, big thanks to to you guys for for joining us today. And uh, as always, remember, support your local Twilight meet.